Welcome to the New Beginnings Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit our Facebook page. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study to break in intimidation. Sister Ann and I would like to welcome you for, to our Bible study here on Wednesday night. And we're still studying the uh, Breaking of Intimidation by John Bevere. We're on chapter 9. We've got uh, a couple more chapters to go, and then we're going to start a new study. Uh, so this area really deals with the root of intimidation. It's easy to be confident as long as God is doing what we expect. And I find out in my life, God doesn't always want to do what I want and what I expect. He's always different. Amen. Being able to be intimidated has nothing to do with how anointed you are either. Uh, we've known men who had powerful ministries, yet they struggle with intimidation, either through the uh, boards, other people, whatever the case may be. When the anointing rests on you, you can be fearless, uh, but your weakness is clothed by God's anointing. When the mantle of anointing is lifted, there only remains one thing for man to do. It's battle fear and insecurity. So I've been there. How about you? Maybe you've been intimidated. You come to a place of insecurity. So there's appearance and truth. We're going to talk about Simon Peter tonight. Uh, he's, he's outgoing. He's never shy to voice his opinion. You ever know anybody like that? They always got an opinion. And whether you ask for it or not, they want to give it to you. He was bold. By all appearances, Peter was self-willed and fearless. Nothing seemed to intimidate Peter, but something did. His uh, fear of death caused him to deny Jesus Christ three times. Let's take a look at uh, John chapter 18, verse 3, and then verse 10. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew, he smote and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. That's really powerful statement. He was fearless. He's yeah. ready to fight for his Jesus, you know. Uh, he's ready to defy the soldiers. He didn't cower uh, before them, but he did cower before a young girl. Uh, it was a servant girl. In Matthew 26, verse 69 and 70. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. So isn't it funny? What happened to the change between fighting the soldiers that's going to take Jesus, and now he's denying uh, Jesus. He didn't know him. So we have to go back just a little bit just to see how God just prepares us, and yet sometimes we stumble over it. Matthew 26, verse 31. Then saith Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. And verse 33. Okay, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Well, that's really, that's really nice. Words can be powerful, but actions are even greater. So we need to find out what is the actions of Peter's life when we're faced with things. So... Jesus looked straight at him and listen to verse number 40, 34. 
Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. So we got a, we got a gang mentality. One leader does one thing and everybody else follows it. But Jesus knows and he, he prophesies that tonight you're going to deny me three times. That's a, that's a powerful statement. Yes. I hope you and I have never made those statements and then drove back from them. But we all do come to a place of we denying the Lord in certain things. And uh, so we have to realize that Jesus knew what was going to happen, but he never backed away from his, his, his job before. Take a look at Luke 22, verse 21. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And then which one? That's 20, 21. Just 21 right now. Just 21. Okay. So how horrible it is to think that uh, Jesus knew somebody at the table was going to betray Jesus, was yes. going to betray him. Somebody that li walked with him, lived with him, ate with him, saw miracles, did miracles, had all kinds of things going on in their life, and yet there were, he was going to betray him. Yes. You know, wasn't just going to leave him. He betrayed him. He sold him out. So let's take a look at Luke twenty-two, twenty-three. And they began to inquire among themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. So we, you know, we all want to know who's going to do it. Jesus never really said. Mm -hmm. He said, "Him who I give the the sop to." Yeah. And everybody had a piece. Mm -hmm. You know, but he handed it to Judas. Yeah. And I think sometimes God is so good to us that he blinds our eyes to the things that are going on so we don't really see, and we can't see blame until later on. But there comes another thing that uh, all of a sudden their conversation changes from that to something else. Verse 24. And there was also a strife among them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? Hey Amen. Everybody wants to get ahead. Who's going to be, who's going to be greater than anybody else? And I think we can clearly see this is a, a real inquest or in decision about our selfishness and our pride. We're looking to say, I'm better than you. I'm always wanted to be up, you know. And Jesus talks to us about being servants. Everybody else is talking to us, I want to be a leader. So we can guess who, who led the disputes more likely, Simon Peter, although we find that James and John also had that great discussion. Uh, we understand perhaps he was quick to remind others and this statement here by John Bevere was really kind of cute. I, as I read this, I thought this was neat. He said, quick to remind others how, how he'd been the one who braved and walked on the water, got out of the boat. <laughs> or, or maybe he refreshed their memory about figuring out who Jesus really was, the Messiah. You know? And topping it all off, uh, he rehearsed his experience in the Mount of Transfiguration where he saw Moses and Elijah with Jesus. Yes. You know, he was into a lot of, a lot of powerful things. That doesn't make you a leader. It just makes you in the right place at the right time. But God purposely put James, Peter, John in those positions uh, for their future. He quite possibly, Peter quite possibly, had to, was confident he proved himself to be the greatest of the 12. But was this confidence rooted in love? I'm sure Peter thought it was. But his confidence was anchored in pride and selfishness. You need to keep your mind on that. So let's take a look at uh, the oil press we talk about in Gethsemane. There's always going to be something that's going to move you and challenge your faith. 
Yes. There's different times, jobs, places, whatever. So let's take a look at Matthew 26, verse 36. 36 or 39? 36, verse. Okay. Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit here, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. Okay, so Gethsemane really means the oil press, and we've all talked about that and preached it. Gethsemane is a place of such pressure, not just on the olives, but on our hearts and our lives. We all have a Gethsemane. We don't have to go to uh, the winery and, and go through the presses there, but there's always something that challenges us in the thing, especially when we're, we want to do the will of God. Uh, under intense pressure, what's inside comes out, often to our own surprise. In other words, the, your motives and the heart are tried and exposed to the, when trials and pressure comes to your life. You ever come to that place, you say things you wish you had yes. because of pressure. Yes. And you know what? You can't take, they're like a bullets out of a gun. You can't take words back. You wish you could reload it. You can't. It doesn't happen. But there's something about Jesus. Uh, some people don't believe that Jesus was capable of both sin. He wasn't capable of sin. But he was capable of some, but something else. Hebrews 4.15. Do you have that one? No. Okay. It says this. In all points he was tempted, yet without sin. Yes. Jesus was tempted. Nothing wrong with temptation. It's what you do with it. Yes. You know, many people said a bird can fly over your head, but don't let them stop, stop and make a nest on your head. Right. That's yeah. where the thoughts and the things come through in our hearts and our minds. So being tempted means that we, he wrestled with something. Jesus was not automatically immune to struggles. And I think this is going to be the greatest struggle. It wasn't just the, in the wilderness where he's, where he's tried 40 days and he fasted. But now he's doing the will of God. This is the hardest thing. Uh, it's just uh, to try. He has a triumph over Why? Because he did not exercise his own will. Amen. If it had been possible for him to sin, then it would have been impossible for him to be tempted. Uh, this does not diminish his glory, uh, but further illustrates that he did not sin. You know, Jesus requests, Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass me. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, not as I will, but you will. I mean, that was Matthew 24 39. You had that down. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So, Jesus is saying something here. If it's possible, in other words, according to your will, not mine, let this cup pass me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thy will. That's the thing that we want to understand. Yes. We struggle with these things, and we got to come to the place of saying, God, I don't want my will. Because we kind of get under pressure, we back out. Mm -hmm. we, we run away. So the first time we see the, the will of the Father and the Son conflict in his life, but the overwhelming pressure of the battle raged uh, in his soul. It exposed the only thing he could. He could hold back, choosing the will of God another way, thereby saving himself. This is not what he wanted to do. He wasn't about that. What's the next scripture I have for you, John? Uh, yes, 26. If any man serve me. Okay, let's hold off for this for a okay. second. So we must wrestle alone with the will of God. You know, many times we, we struggle with the will of God. We call somebody up, we talk to somebody, and we want them to agree with us, you know. But in reality, it's your choice. Yes. When you're done, everybody can agree with you and say, you know what, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe it's too hard, whatever. But you know what, God is asking to go forward. Yes. Going forward means you've got to come with that struggle. And we have to decide within ourselves. Ultimately, it's up to us. And we have to decide within ourselves, I'm going to do the will of God. 
So we never do it. We never do it in a crowd. It's always alone because we know the difference. Whether we realize or have it that point or not, we know there's a difference. Knowing and doing the will of God is also different. And uh, John chapter 12, 26 and 27. Do you have that one? Yes. Read that. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause I came and uh, unto this hour. Amen. So he came for this, just like Esther, for this yes, such a time as this. This was the time of salvation to be birthed in, in our lives in the nation. In the garden, it was not enough to Jesus to know the will of God. He had to become the will of God. I really like the way he put that. He had to become the will of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, God didn't say that. Jesus did. I'm come to do the will of God. God is sacrificing me. Jesus' power to resist temptation was rooted in his love. And he didn't love in what he loved and didn't love. He lost himself in the love of his father. That's what we have to have. We lose ourselves in the love of God and the love for God. This love can conquer no, whatever no, no man can do before, the love of self. The oil broke forth, proving his love for the Father, not only in word, but also in sacrifice and obedience, and that's what the press does. So the next part of this come, deals with a, a willing spirit and a weak flesh in Luke twenty-two forty-five. Do you have that? No. It really speaks about, I, I don't know, I'm sorry, I didn't give it to you. We find that uh, when Jesus went in the garden, they find comes back and they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. So he says, your, your, your flesh is willing, but your, your spirit, or your, excuse me, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Uh, they were heavy of grief and sadness. Jesus was not the only one under pressure. His disciples were in the oil press as well. They were facing temptation to save themselves. Yet they had no strength to draw upon because they focused on their own wills, not the will of the Father. Amen. Unlike Jesus, they had no desire to bring their focus back on God's will. Sometimes we lose it. Think of it. While Jesus battled to lose his life, the disciples avoided the fight by sleeping. Do you ever find yourself fighting something and you said, I think I'm just going to go to bed? Yes. I'll go lay down, put my head, my, a pillow over my head and just forget, it forget everything out. <laughs> That, and that we find that in the disciples. I'm sorry, we're disciples today too. Yes. And we find it in ourselves that we turn around at times and we'd rather go to sleep than face the situations. But you know what? When you wake up, it's still there. You still got to make the choice. And we have to, we have to then struggle again. So there was, there was Peter, a man of all his bold promises, sleeping instead of praying. He had not yet learned how to draw on the strength, on the strength of God, not on his own. He only protected what he thought was his strength by sleeping. Now we come to a couple of differences. Jesus prayed. I like this statement. Jesus prayed until his battle was won. It's not the hours that he prayed, but it's till the battle was won. Remember in the Old Testament when Joshua had to fight the Amalekites? And they were going through the battle and as Moses was up on the mountain and when his hands got tired, they come down and they were losing. And then he put his hands up and they were winning. 
And then one time, uh, Joshua had to fight the, the, the enemy for a whole day, 24 hours. He yeah. prayed the sun would not go down until. We got to pray that. God, don't let anything change until we win this battle. Yes. That's how important the winning is of the battles. That's how important the battles are. They're there to strengthen you, for you to draw on God, not to run away from God, yeah. but to seek God and find it. He was totally one with the Father's will. He was now ready to face the intimidation of the enemy in the hands of the leaders, the Jewish leaders and the Romans. Boldness is not how loud or how much we talk. Amen. It is found in silence. Now, I want you to listen to what I, this statement we're going to make because this is so important because we do some things. Silence, while false accusations are thrown in your face, Jesus stayed in his authority, not by reacting. If, he, if they had known, if, they, if they, he knew they had no power over you. Do you know the enemy has no power over you? Amen. To react would indicate that they did have power over yes. his life. They attempted to control Jesus with their accusations, threats, powerful positions. To answer them would be foolish, for they had no concern for the truth. And we can't overcome the enemy of our own strength. Right. Come to you in the name of the Lord. That's where it's at. Yeah. So even though Peter said he would die before denying Jesus, he ended up becoming intimidated yeah. and doing exactly what he said he would not do. The reason? He loved his own life. He really hadn't given it over yet to God. That comes later. I think in all of us, we have this zeal, but then we have the fact of certain things. It's a time of growth in our life. And, you know, we may think, well, I wouldn't have done that. Well, you got Elijah coming, calling down fire from heaven and running from a letter from a woman. Yeah. And now you got Peter speaking all these bold things to the Lord and then from a young lady, I got a you know, girl. who knows, a girl, he runs. Right. He lies. And uh, so don't ever think you're above a certain thing. It's only by the strength and the grace of God. We cannot pat ourselves on the back. We give God all the glory for every victory we have. Amen. The root of fear and intimidation is really the love of self. Boldness is born of love that speaks to grip, to grip the intimidation. Fear and intimidation is magnified as we focus on ourselves. Torment cries, what about me? What will happen to me? How many times you said that? How many times you said, what about me? What about my feelings? What about my feelings? Everybody today is worried about their feelings. That's not what God is after. He's not after your feelings. He's after you. He's after your heart. He's after your, your faith, your commitment to him. That's what he's after. He's after those things that make it, make it great. Amen. Let's take a look at Mark chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time afterward when a affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Mm. So offenses, the Bible says offenses will come. They will come. You can't help mm -hmm. it. Offenses are going to come. What are you going to do with them? So get ready because offenses are coming. That's a refrigerator verse. <laughs> yeah. 
And when you when you feel like you're offended, your your feelings are hurt. Get over yourself. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get over yourself. Find out that God is greater than that. It's if we can focus on ourselves, then we've lost the vision and the purpose that God has for what He wants us to do. You know, it's not about us. It's all about Him. Notice the reason they didn't endure. They didn't have any roots. How do we develop roots? We get a good form. What are we rooted in? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 tells us something. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. That's where it's at. The love of Christ. Not the love of each other. Not the love for, you know, ice cream or chocolate-covered grilled donuts or whatever. It's the love of God. And actually, it's not your love for God. It's God's love for you. When you have the development of God's love for you, realize that everything begins to change. We just uh, ministered in a, in a funeral the other day, and God really spoke to me about something. And as we were talking about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but come everlasting life. So when we accept Christ, we accept his love. But I find that our, in ourselves, we can go wayward. Yes. We become lost. God is still after us. His love for us. He loves us so much. He is after us and after us. We can turn here, can turn there. All of a sudden, he's putting up roadblocks. He's putting up choices. He's putting up challenges. He's trying to show himself, reveal himself. And then he says this, I will never leave you or forsake you. And to be forsaken means to be abandoned in a time of trouble. And we just ministered at this funeral, and we found that this person ended up having cancer and was dying. He actually died fairly quickly, which was merciful, I guess, in, in the, some form. He didn't have to suffer long. But it was, it was God did not forsake him in a time of trouble. No. He loved him even through his sin. Aren't you glad God loves you when you make mistakes? When you try to hide from God, he still loves you. He searches you out. Yeah. You know, the Bible says we should search things, but God is always searching for us. He's always trying to bring us back to the place where we need to be. So it says we're rooted and grounded in love. True love does not seek its own. People who, whose love is without roots endure as long as it's easy for them. As long as everything's agreeing with me, I'm going to love you. It's going to be good. Wonderful. World's we're going to, yeah. We're going to find out that your marriage is going to be tried after that first a honeymoon experience not just the first weekend but the first year or two then things are going to be tried and if we love somebody we choose to love yes. this is something we tell people when we say i i love you at the altar it means i choose to love you and i'm not requiring anything back i choose to love you that's the kind of love that god has for us he chooses to love us uh but we've come to we come to jesus for what we can get or not who he is i come for who he is I come for what God ha what has for me. I didn't know he had so much for me. But I realized that he really does. He has, he has the kingdom prepared for me. He's, the Bible says, it's your father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. Everything that belongs to it. Everything that's there is for you and me. A couple of questions came in. He said, do you think Jesus focused so much on Peter when all the disciples agreed with him? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I think that he was focused on Peter only for the fact that he knew. The Bible says in one scripture we didn't bring up tonight was that Jesus said to Peter, I have, the devil had wants you. He wants to sift you like wheat. Yes. 
And he said, I've prayed for you that you might endure. And when you overcome, strengthen your brothers. So he's really encouraging Peter, seeking him to, to focus on him, to focus on the Lord. And uh, I think that we're, we're at a place here that we are just really looking for God to really uh, accomplish something in our life, to do something in our life. And we need to be willing and overcome temptation, overcome the weaknesses of our life. Don't continue to beat yourself up with the, with the failures of the past, right. but overcome them with the victories that Jesus Christ has for us. Amen? Amen. Now, we have about three more chapters in this Bible to, or in this uh, study to do. And so I'm going to put a question out to you. Uh, if you would like uh, a special subject or a thing to talk about, why don't you email us at newbeginnings. 517 at verizon.net and we'll try to put together a study for you uh, and maybe come up with some answers for you biblical answers uh, or you know a subject you'd like to talk about and uh, we'll try to come up with that for uh, next couple of weeks going on after these uh, next three weeks that we're going to finish this study up in so we would like to, like to prepare that for you if you have some questions or I know when we're, we're in the when we're in our home group like this uh, at home, we want to have a discussion. And uh, so we can't do that just doing this online. But if you can give, send me some questions, send me some statements, we'll be glad to do some research for you. We have some ideas of what we want to do. But, you know, maybe there's something you need in your life. We can answer maybe a couple of weeks. We can take some, take some answers and just really look at answering some needs in your life and questions you have about the Bible. Amen. Do you have anything to say? No. It's a good study. It has been a good study, and I think the intimidation keeps working and working in our lives. Amen. So let's just pray for you. And uh, remember this week, uh, be tomorrow on, on Thursday, Thursday evening, will be our food bank giveaway for the month from 4 o'clock until 530. It's a drive through You can come and pick up your food. Uh, it'll be here for you. Uh, and then... Uh, we just have some special indoor events going on. Hopefully, hopefully also, uh, Pastor Matt announced the other day that uh, hopefully by the 1st of G uh, September, we'll be opening up our nurseries, uh, trying to do it as safely as possible. But our children need that one-on-one -on -one, uh, interaction in their Sunday school classes. So that we're, we're looking to build that back up into that. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God, for this study. I thank you, God, for my wife that's sits beside me not only here but at home and helps me with all of this and i just thank you god for all that you are doing in our lives we pray jesus for those that are sick in our church there's no one that has COVID, but there's been some things going on god we just pray that you would touch their lives their bodies minister to them yeah. and we pray god that even today god that if someone is out there and they're they're sick in body you would touch them and minister to them uh, answer the questions, God, that may be going on, and, and just comfort them at this time. We thank you. In Jesus' name, Jesus amen. Name. amen. God bless you guys. and Go by, honk, wave. We'll see you soon. We love you. Bye-bye.